listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Hello, hello, Sarah McKenzie here. You've got episode 118. This is actually our final episode for 2018 because we're taking a little break for Christmas. And we'll be back on New Year's Day, in fact, with a whole nother season for you for 2019. It's a great lineup. Really excited about it. In today's episode, I am going to be answering some questions that have come in through voicemail. And I'm really sorry for those of you who've been waiting a long time for me to answer these. I can't answer all the questions that have come in. We simply got too many. But I'm answering about seven today in this show. And if you have a question that you're hoping we will answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can go to readaloudrevival.com scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. And at the bottom right, you should see an orange button that says, send a voice message to Sarah McKenzie. And that's where you can send me a voicemail. And I will possibly answer your question on an upcoming Q&A episode here at Read Aloud Revival. Just because we're taking a break for Christmas on the podcast does not mean that we are not hard at work here at Read Aloud Revival, still sending you fantastic resources, the best tips, tricks, and book recommendations to help you make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids and to grow voracious readers. You want to be on the email list for the best of the best of what we do here at Read Aloud Revival. So to get on that list to make sure you get all of our great free resources, go to readaloudrevival.com and join to get the book list. You want to click the button, put your email in to get the book list. A fast way you can do it without even going to your computer is just by texting the word books to the number 345345. That's the word books to the number 345-345, and we'll send it to you directly. If you missed last week's episode, it was an episode perfect for Christmas time. Lots of Christmas novel recommendations, some short story recommendations. And I reminded you where you could get all of the picture book recommendations we have for Christmas, some audiobook recommendations, as well as our brand new 2018 gift guide for young readers, which has some fantastic gift ideas for the kids in your life. You can see the show notes and all the links to everything Christmassy at readaloudrevival.com slash Christmas. That's where you go for all of our Christmas goodies. Okay, let's get on with today's questions. Hi, I'm Maya and I'm from Michigan and I'm actually... A 14-year-old, his mom joined the membership, and I really love it. And I just wanted to ask Sarah McKenzie's daughters, Allison and Audrey, what are your favorite books and why? Hey, Maya. Okay, so I've got Audrey and Allison here to tell you some of their favorites. That's kind of a brutal question to ask a reader, right? What is your favorite book? But they're going to tell you a couple of their favorites. So who are you? (laughs) I'm Audrey. And how old are you? I'm 17. Okay. Tell Maya and our listeners a couple of your favorite books. A couple of my favorites are Anne of Green Gables by Lucy Maud Montgomery and Emily of Deep Valley by Maud Hart Lovelace. And I just love to read and reread them. You're going to find out that my daughters have very different reading tastes because now the other one's here. So who are you? I'm Allison and I'm 15. And one of my favorite books or book series, I guess, is The Septimus Heap series by Angie Sage. I love all of them. I'm not entirely sure why. They're just one of those books that I just 
really love. And they're also really funny, so that's a bonus. Well, you've been trying to get me to read them forever, and I finally read the first one and could barely put it down. You were kind of laughing at me how I'd haul it around the house with me so I could sneak in more reading. So as you can tell, my oldest daughter, Audrey, loves historical fiction, especially those classic girlhood favorites. And Allison prefers fantasy, epic fantasy, long series, and big fat books. (laughs) Hi, Sarah. My name is Amber Melton from Rogers, Arkansas, and my kids love Little House on the Prairie, but they love it the most because they love that it was based on a true story and that Laura was a real person. Are there any other chapter books out there that are similar that they would enjoy? Thank you. Hey, Amber, that is a great question. Okay, I have a couple of ideas for you. First, I want to make sure you know that there's more than just the Little House on the Prairie books that Laura Ingalls Wilder herself wrote. Those are the originals. And of course, for any listeners who aren't familiar with all of them, they go from Little House in the Big Woods to Little House on the Prairie, Farmer Boy, On the Banks of Plum Creek, By the Shores of Silver Lake, The Long Winter, Little Town on the Prairie. That one's my favorite. Um, These happy golden years and the first four years. If your kids love Laura and they can't get enough, they might just be thrilled to find out that there are other books about her predecessors. So there is a series about her mom, uh, books about Caroline Ingalls, and from when she was a child and growing up. Those are by Maria Wilkes and Celia Wilkins. And that series begins with Little House in Brookfield. Then it goes on to Little Town at the Crossroads, Little Clearing in the Woods on top of Concord Hill, across the Rolling River, Little City by the Lake, and a little house of their own. Now, the bad news about these books I'm going to tell you about that are not the originals is that many of them have gone out of print, so some of them are harder to find. But you can peek around online and see if you can find some editions, because even if you can't read them all in order, they're really lovely to read. Now, her grandmother, Laura's grandmother, Charlotte, These books were written by Melissa Wiley, who we've had on the show and who I just love. And this includes Little House by Boston Bay, On Tide Mill Lane, The Road from Roxbury, and Across the Putting Stone Dam. And actually, Melissa Wiley also wrote the series about Laura's great-grandmother, Martha Morse, which starts with Little House in the Highlands, The Far Side of the Lock, Down to the Bonnie Glen, and Beyond the Heather Hills. Pretty fantastic. There's another series of books about... Laura's daughter, Rose Wilder Lane. These were written by her heir, Roger Lee McBride. And it begins with Little House on Rocky Ridge, continues with Little Farm in the Ozarks, in the land of the Big Red Apple, the other side of the hill, Little Town in the Ozarks, New Dawn on Rocky Ridge, On the Banks of the Bayou, and Bachelor Girl. You are not going to remember all those titles, but I wanted to name them all so that you would know just how many there are. So seek out as many of those as you can find. Now, what I wanted to tell you about, and this is usually my standard recommendation for people who love Little House on the Prairie, it's the Fairchild Family series by Rebecca Cottle. Now, these are not based on, they're not like a biography, an autobiographical series like Laura's books are, but they have so much of the same spirit, pacing, language that I think they'll really appeal to any kids who really like Little House, the Little House books. Let me read you the description of the first in the series. Um, This is Happy Little Family by Rebecca Cottle. And this is what the description is. It is a good thing that mothers understand what no one else seems to when you are the youngest child in the family and are finally four years old. 
Bonnie is more than ready to join her older sisters and brother in the many adventures she sees come their way, whether it be sliding along the ice, searching for arrowheads, or going on that journey of all journeys across the swinging bridge to school. Winter or summer, something is always happening in the Fairchild house, tucked amidst the pines of the Kentucky Hills 100 years ago or more. And four years old or not, Bonnie usually manages to be in the middle of the action. (laughs) It's a really, really delightful book. And the second one in the series is called Schoolhouse in the Woods. And then it's Up and Down the River. And the fourth one is Schoolroom in the Parlor. Now, the really great news about these are that you can, they're really easy to get. Bethlehem Books publishes them and you can also find them easily online. But there are some fantastic audiobook versions. At least at the time of this recording, they're a steal. I think they're $5.95 each on Audible. I will link to them in the show notes. And they are my first recommendation for kids who loved the Little House books. So I hope that gives you somewhere to start. Hello, Sarah and the team. My name is Jamel, and I am from Dominican Republic. And my question is concerning my five-year-old. I got her the Half Magic book, and she listens to it at least every other day. And she wants to listen to it every day. My question is, should I just let her listen to the same book over and over again? I don't know. Should I just let her or should I encourage her to listen to another one? Okay, Jean-Marie, I have some really good news for you. First of all, your daughter has exquisite taste. (laughs) Half Magic by Edward Eager is one of my favorite books to recommend to kids. It's just such a delightful read. I really, really enjoy it. So the first thing I want to tell you is that reading again and again is actually really, really, really good for your kids. The next question that we're going to hear in a minute is very similar to yours. So stay tuned because I'm going to answer hers too, also about rereading books. But what I wanted you to hear is Jonathan Auxier, who came to the Read Aloud Revival Premium Membership. He's a New York Times bestselling author. In fact, he has written my favorite book of 2018, Sweep. And your question kind of reminded me of something he said when he was on the show. So I want you to take a listen. Here he is. Every once in a while, I find a book and I do a deep dive, by which I mean I read this thing forever, over and over again, every night for literally years. The book for me, I was 11 years old and I saw a staged production, Alice in Wonderland. And my cousin was actually chosen. She was older than me, but she was like 16 and was picked by a professional theater company. And she was Alice and she was a phenomenal actor. They did a great job, but that meant she could bring guests. And so we were staying with her and I made her take me every single night for a week. And then I started reading Alice in Wonderland which is an insane book, but also it's two books. A lot of people haven't, don't realize that Alice in Wonderland is the main, the first story that, you know, with the queen and off with her head and all of that. But there was another, there was a sequel written a few years later called Alice Through the Looking Glass. And Alice Through the Looking Glass became the most important book in my life as a reader from the ages of about whatever that was, like 11 or 12 to when I was, I think 19, I read Alice Through the Looking Glass every single night. I couldn't sleep unless I read part of that book. Isn't that something? You'll know why it reminded me. Your question reminded me of that. You know, there's something so formative about the books that our kids read when they're children. And when a book really speaks to your child in a profound way, even when we can't really put our finger on why it is, part of what you didn't hear Jonathan Augsier say is he has no idea why that book spoke to him so much. It just did. It was a comfort. He needed it. He pretty much had the entire book 
memorized. I think he actually said he did have the entire book memorized. Think about the amazing power of all of that beautiful, sophisticated language going in through your daughter's ear and just making a home inside of her. I think it's a beautiful thing and I really wouldn't worry about it. I would let her listen to that book. And I know it's a three-hour audio book and you're going, oh man, if she was listening to that many you know, other books for that amount of time, that would be maybe better. I'm not sure if I agree with that. I think any time that we're spending listening to really good language and good stories through our ears is time well spent, even and maybe especially if it's the same really good stories over and over and over. One other tip I just want to make sure you know about, though, is that Half Magic is actually the first in a series. Edward Eager's Tales of Magic series starts with Half Magic. The next one is Knight's Castle. Then there's Magic by the Lake, The Time Garden, Magic or Not, The Well-Wishers, and Seven Day Magic. We'll put all these in the show notes, but it's entirely possible that if you play the next one, her spirit may be caught by that too. Again, I wouldn't worry about it if she wants to listen to it over and over and over again. I would celebrate it and let her do it. Hi, this is Kat from College Station, Texas. My question involves how do you make sure your younger kids don't miss out on some of the great books that you may have already read with your older kids? My kids are stair steps about two years apart, and there are books that we read as soon as my oldest was ready for them, like Charlotte's Web or My Father's Dragon. And now as my oldest child is ready for, you know, slightly more challenging books. I'm realizing my younger girls don't even remember, of course, the books that we read years ago, but I want them to fall in love with the classic favorites also. So how do you do that? I don't want to just have a rotation, a loop of all the same books that we read all the time. I want to keep exposing them to new books, but I also don't want them to miss out on books they were so young, they probably won't remember. Hey, Kat. Okay, yes, another great question. And one that is very pertinent to those of us who have a wide age span. I'm raising my hand here. The easiest answer is to say, read them again. (laughs) I love this quote by C.S. Lewis, where he says, I can't imagine a man really enjoying a book and reading it only once. That's the truth about our favorite books, right? Is that we want to read them again and again. And the children's books that are the most worthy, like the ones you were talking about, Charlotte's Web by E.B. White, for example, those are worth multiple reads. In fact, we're going to get more from them the second, third, and fourth time we read them than we did the first. A couple of things to think about here. Your older kids will still get so much out of the books by hearing them again. In fact, you may be surprised at how much they have either forgotten or how much more they pick up just on the second or third reading. So that's something I wouldn't worry about. I wouldn't worry about, oh, they should always be getting new books because rereading is so important and a really, really, really good use of time. Another thing to think about, you can toggle back and forth because I know you're saying, I don't want to just do repeats. And of course you don't. So you could kind of go, okay, I'm going to read an old favorite like Charlotte's Web and then something new. And then next we're going to read another old favorite. So we'll read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And now we're going to read something new toggle back and forth that way. That's a good way to get some in. Another idea is to have your older kids read some of those old favorites to the younger kids. You can add it to their list of things they need to do each day, whether you homeschool or not. Um, In our homeschool, I do have my older kids read to the younger kids for 15 minutes a day. But you could even add that to their daily list of chores or expectations if they're not homeschooled. If your older kids are reading some of those old favorites with the younger kids, The younger ones don't miss out on it. The older ones get the benefit of being re-exposed to it as well as getting practice in elocution and reading out loud. 
And also you're not missing out on the new books just in favor of the old ones. So you're getting a little mix of that. And that can be a really good solution as well. Don't forget that audiobooks in the car are a fantastic way for your family to get in lots of read-alouds as well. And if they're really good old books, I bet your kids will not mind hearing them another time. I hope that helps a little, cat. Thanks for your question. Hi there, my name is Erin and I live in Idaho with my three little boys and my wonderful husband. And I love the idea that you talk about repeatedly of having this family culture of reading books and talking about the stories together. And I do that with my kids. I'm wondering if you could give some tips or maybe ask one of your amazing guests who is a dad for some tips on how to include dad. You know, dad goes off to work, but then he comes home and you have to do things like dinner and tubs and chores and, you know, kind of the regular day-to-day things. But How can we encourage dads to share books with us and either spend time in the evening doing some read aloud so that we can have that family culture and that family experience of a book or maybe some special things we can do on the weekends? What can we do to encourage dads who didn't grow up as readers or who maybe don't seem interested in literature for themselves right now in this point in their life? How can we encourage them to sort of join in with us so that it's not just a read aloud revival for moms and kids, but for the whole family. Erin, I love this question. A couple of ideas pop into mind right away. And I totally understand where you're coming from here. I've heard this from so many moms too, as I've gone around to different conventions around the country. And so I think a lot of us are in the same boat. We really want to bring dad into the read aloud lifestyle. So it's a full family culture. And sometimes it's not really obvious on how we can do that. I'm going to throw out a few ideas and see if any of these might work for your particular situation. One is to start listening to audiobooks when you're in the car, especially on road trips, but also if you're on the way to church or on the way to sports or any type of family activity where everybody might be in the car together. Even if you only listen to one audiobook a year in the car on your family road trip, that makes a difference. That sticks. That's a great way to include dad. A friend of mine once told me about how they had started reading aloud at dinner time. And what actually happened is her husband would start reading aloud to the kids as she was putting the final touches on dinner. So let's say dinner is going to be around six. At about 545, he would gather the kids up at the table and they would sit at the table and he would start reading aloud from whatever book they were reading. Then dinner was served and they would stop reading aloud for a bit and they would all chat and talk and have normal dinnertime conversation. And whoever finished eating first, mom or dad, would then pick up the book again and read for another 10 or 15 minutes before anyone was excused from the table. In that way, it wasn't really adding on something to the evening, which can already, as you mentioned, feel really harried and busy with activities and dinner and tubs and and all the things we have to do in the evening. But it's just transforming something that you're already doing. It's maybe adding 10 or 15 minutes onto your dinner time at the table, but it's transforming the time you're already spending there. So that's another idea. I'm not sure that that idea would work super well with toddlers in the house. So depending on what stage of parenting you are in and how old your kids are, that may or may not work for you. One of the things I love about our Read Aloud Revival book clubs and premium membership is that every month we do this book club based on a book we all read together. And we also share an experience. 
And so a lot of times we try to center these around food because again, we don't want to add to your to-do list. We don't want to add something else to your already very full plate. Instead, the shared experience is about transforming something you're already doing a million times a day when it comes to feeding your kids, right? And just making it more rich and delightful. So we oftentimes make it around food. For example, Tommy DePaola came to Read Aloud Revival. We did a book club on Streganona and we all had Italian pasta dinners. We did Locomotive, which is a beautiful picture book, a Caldecott winner actually, by Brian Floca about the first train, transcontinental trains in Canada. And we all had railroad food. We read The Tale of Despero by Kate DiCamillo earlier this year. And we all had soup because soup is such a central part of that story. Well, one of the dads at a homeschool conference I was at not too long ago came up to me and told me that the family book club night is his favorite night of the entire month. He tries to get off a little bit early. He knows that there's going to be something fun. Either he's going to be grilling up something fun for dinner or there's going to be a great dessert. It's going to be a special evening. And a lot of times they'll read the picture book at dinner if it's a picture book. But even if he didn't actually participate in the reading itself... The conversation at the table and the shared experience were so delightful that he told me those are his favorite days of the month to come home from work. And I thought that is awesome. So we're going to be opening up Read Aloud Revival premium membership again in January. Keep your ear to the ground for that because if you'd like to wrap your husband into the family reading culture and give a very simple, delightful way of of folding him into that reading culture without it feeling burdensome or extra or like another thing that you're adding to his to-do list, I think participating in those family monthly book clubs would be a fantastic way to do that. We're opening up again, like I said, in January. And if you want to know when we open, you want to put your name on the email list at rarmembership.com. Hi, Sarah. I was wondering, do you keep records of the books you read with your kids? I've got a big family with age range from eight months to seven right now. And I'm wondering if I need to log the books I read with my big kids so that then I remember to read them with my little kids, if that makes sense. I do. I have done this several different ways over the years, but the way I've sort of landed on doing it is just by keeping a simple, single reading journal. I log everything I read in the same journal. It's just a blank journal And I note down the books I've read to myself, the books I've read out loud to my kids. I don't usually log picture books because we just read stacks and stacks of them and I just don't keep up with it. It would be a really impressive read aloud journal though if I did. So maybe I should start. I log both my personal reading and the books I'm sharing with my kids in that reading journal. Now I like you have a big family, but I don't actually note down who listened. So it's not like I write down, for example, um, this summer I read... Okay for Now by Gary Schmidt with just my three teenagers. And I didn't note down that it was just Audrey, Allison, and Drew. I just write Okay for Now by Gary D. Schmidt, read aloud, and then the month that we finished it. I think I, oh, and I do, yeah, the month and year I finished it. So um, in that case, I would have said September 2018. And whether or not I marked down the individual kids or not, you totally could if you wanted to have a record of who listened to what. I'm just not that detailed, (laughs) but you could. You can actually see inside my reading journal in a workshop I did. It's a free masterclass at simplereadingjournals.com. And it will show you how we set up our reading journals around here, how we log books, and how we learn to save the quotes and commonplace our favorite passages from the books we read. I have one myself and I encourage my kids to keep them as well. 
And you can see inside those and see all the different parts of our reading journals by watching that free video masterclass at simplereadingjournals.com. Really, I think if you think through what is it exactly that you want to remember, and then just find out the simplest, lowest barrier way to record that information. Doesn't need to be beautiful, doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need to write down you know, a summary or a lot of detailed information, just exactly what you think you're going to want to remember. I think having a record of what you've read together is a nice, beautiful thing. It's too complicated for me to have separate places where I mark down my own reading and then my read alouds. So I just do it all in one heap, in one notebook, one reading journal. And when I fill it up, I start another one. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast, where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. My name is Ella, and I live in Arlington, Texas, and I am three years old, and... What's your favorite book? Miss Maples. Miss Maples. Seeds. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite part in Miss Maples Seeds? Take him, my little ones. The world is big and you're small, and they get to go in cradles. They get to go in cradles? Mm-hmm. And what does Miss Maple say to them that you love? The world is big and you are small. <laughs> What's your name? Leah. Leah. How old are you, Leah? Four. You're four. Where are you from? Iowa. You're from Iowa. What's your favorite story? Goat Billy Goat's Graph. What do you like about the Billy Goat's Graph? Up the hill, so they go up the hill, and what do they say in the Billy Goat's Gruff that you like? Then the children will you up. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. What's your name? Mm-hmm. How old are you, Bree? Six. You're six. Where are you from? Iowa. What's your favorite story? Little House in the Big Woods. Little House in the Big Woods. And what do you like about that? That. The panther, chapter two, and the story of the panther. You like the story about the panther? Grandpa and the panther? Yes, Grandpa and the panther. And, and chapter two, you said? Yes, chapter two. Good. Thank you, Bree. What's your name and how old are you? I'm, my name is Mary and I'm seven. And what story do you like, Mary? Stuart Little. What do you like about Stuart Little? I like about it because the it's echoes all over the house saying, do it, do it, do it. You like it because his parents, he's so small and his parents yeah. can't find him. And his father uh, made a little cap for him to, to think. And you can put him, he might be caught up in a chair, and but you wouldn't see him. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. My name is Peter, and my favorite story is The Hobbit. And I'm nine because... When Bilbo was fighting the spiders, he was singing the song while he was invisible, making the spiders angry, then ran back. And I also like um, when all the dwar- when all thirteen dwarves came into his house without him expecting it. Thank you, Peter. My name is Louis Thomas. I'm from Iowa, and I am 11 years old. My favorite book is Royal Diaries. I like it how they take a real person. They make it as if it really was them writing the diary. Thank you. My name is Ian. I am from Iowa. I am 12 years old, and one of my favorite books is Ready Player One. It's a really good book about a dystopia 
where everything seems wrong and there's this video game that distracts everyone. So I'd suggest it for older readers. Thank you. Hi, my name is Bronwyn. I live in Gulfport, Mississippi. And my favorite book is Harry Potter and the Goblet on Fire. And my favorite part is when he and Diggory, Harry Potter and Diggory, touch the scene at the end, go together so they can both win. How old are you? I'm eight. I'm Baron. I like Dunman. My favorite book's Dunman. And what I like about it is all the action stuff. And it's very cool. Petey, Dunman, Little Petey, and the Chief, which is kind of hard on him, I think. And there's more characters, like that poodle, I think it is. And its name is Zuzu. And how old are you? And my name, I mean, well, my name's Baron, and I make comics, and my age is eight. Where are you from? I'm from, I'm from Mississippi, Gulfport. Hello, my name is Jonah, and I live in New South Wales, Australia. I like the box cut children because they do very good clues, and I like solving the mystery before they do sometimes. I also like the Magic Treehouse series because it's a big adventure and they get to go to a different place every time. How old are you, Joe? Seven years old. Hello, I'm two years old. Andrew, who's three years old, where do you live? In New Jersey. In New Jersey. And what is one of your favorite books? What's it called? Beep, beep. Toot, toot. Beep, beep. Beep, beep by Emma Garcia. That's right. Do you have another favorite book? Mm-hmm. What's it called? Bark Bark. Not Bark Bark. It's called Almost Everybody. Bark Yes. By Marty Kelly. And why do you like that book? Because it's funny. Everybody does. It's true. And is it very funny? Oh, wait, Mommy, let's read it. Hi, my name is Susan. And I like Mostly Watson. And... Magic Tree House. And how old are you? And I'm six years old. You're just six, right? And where do you live? In New Jersey. That's right, in New Jersey. And why do you like the Mercy Watson book? Because at the upper part, Mercy Watts. So at the beginning part, the first book, Mercy tries to get toast, but there's no toast. But there's only butter. (laughs) <laughs> and you like that she loves butter, don't you? Mm-hmm. And you like the Magic Treehouse books? Yeah. Yes, they're exciting, aren't they? If you'd like me to answer a question of yours on a future episode of the Read Aloud Revival podcast, you can send me a voicemail. All you need to do is go to readaloudrevival.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you'll see a place that says, send a message to Sarah McKenzie. You can either send it on your phone, you can use your computer, you can pretty much use any device that connects to the internet to leave a message. Love to hear from you, and I'd love to answer your question possibly on a future episode. Like I mentioned at the beginning, this is it for 2018. We'll be back January 1st, 2019 in the new year with a fantastic lineup 
keep your eyes open because any day now I'm going to be sending out the email all about the January Read Aloud Challenge. This is our biggest event of the year. It's a 31-day Read Aloud Challenge, not for you, but for your kids. They can read aloud to each other. They can read aloud to you. They can read aloud to their pets. They can read aloud to their stuffed animals. And kids who are not quite reading yet even can participate too. I'll tell you all about it super soon. So keep your eyes open for that announcement. Make sure you're on the email list so you don't miss out. It's such a fun experience. And we hear so many parents tell us that it's really the thing that either turn their kids into voracious readers, that helped them move from being a halting, stuttering reader into a fluent reader, or that just help their family really fall in love with books and kick off the new year in a fabulous way. We'd love to have you join us. It's absolutely free. You can make sure you're on the list to find out about that. If you're getting emails from Read Aloud Revival, you are already on the list and we'll make sure we send you the invitation to join us. If you don't get emails from Read Aloud Revival, make sure you're on the list to get invited to that free 31-day challenge by going to rar31days.com. That's R-A-R, like Read Aloud Revival, 31days.com. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, I just love spending time with you here and I can't wait for us to have another fabulous year here on the podcast. Until then, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Thank you.